0: It's actually just as rewarding as playing the sport ever was, was talking with athletes that feel alone, Uh, they're struggling psychologically with their physical injuries, and helping them walk through those challenges so that they're able to, you know, not end up in a place where I was. (laughs)
1: Hello, hello, hello and welcome to the My Future Business Show. It's Rick Nusky here. Hope you're doing wonderfully well. It's great to have you back with us. Now we've just had a, a short break and I'll tell you what, I don't know about you, but it's always nice to get away for a little while and just relax and uh, I guess recover from all of the work that we're doing on the show. There's a lot coming up uh, for you in the upcoming year. In fact, we've just exceeded um, 500 uh, episodes of the show since we started It's very very exciting the audience is growing and i'd love to just to say thank you so very much for all of that support now on today's show i have the pleasure of welcoming dr keegan hadley welcome to the show
0: pleasure to be here
1: now, you and I, uh, we're going to be talking about your work as an occupational therapist and uh, psychiatric clinical researcher. And we're also going to be talking about your best-selling book. We're going to be talking about ACL injuries, the psychology of injury, and what you can do to reset, recover, and go on to live your best life. So there most certainly is a lot to unpack here. And it's quite a powerful story. I've read through your bio information. I've, I've had a very close look at your uh, website. And there's certainly a lot to learn and a lot to take away for those who maybe are suffering an ACL injury uh, at the moment. But it's much more than that also. You have a keen interest in entrepreneurialism, and obviously you've uh, gone forward to do a lot with that in your life too. But tell us firstly, where are you calling in from today?
0: Yep, I am calling from uh, Bismarck, North Dakota.
1: Oh, wow. What do you love about the place?
0: Um, well, I met my fiancé here, and I finished my uh, doctorate here. So it's, it's definitely been a good place for me, even though the weather is... Uh, Far from ideal.
1: (laughs) So what are you getting there at the moment? Does it snow there?
0: Yep. Um, Right now we are at negative 10-ish at the moment.
1: Negative 10. So it's It's uh, a bit chilly. Yeah, it's just like a warm balmy summer's day, isn't it? What do you do in weather like that? Is there there many options?
0: Mainly stay indoors. I I do work out a lot and things of that nature, but uh, you really can't be outside too long here in the winter just uh, due to a safety risk
1: yeah absolutely um tell us a little bit about uh what was what it was like growing up there i actually did you grow up somewhere else
0: yeah i actually grew up farther west uh, around coeur d'alene idaho um, mm-hmm. in the mountains there so i was used to cold but winter there uh, generally stays around 28 degrees and we get a lot more snow there um, but not nearly as cold here there's a lot more wind um, and it's certainly um, a lot colder here
1: so. Do do you have any fond memories growing up? You know, playing in the snow, having friends and pets and things like that.
0: Yep, um, I, I went four wheeling and stuff like that a lot in the mountains um, growing up. So I, I definitely enjoyed that and miss that because there's there's no mountains here.
1: Um, <laughs>
0: but um, yeah, I I, cert- I certainly was outside a lot and skiing and snowboarding and those kinds of
1: things. So. Now I love a movie. I don't know about you. Do you enjoy movies? Certainly. Do you have a favorite?
0: The Top Gun and Top Gun Two, I thought I thought it was that was the best um, sequel I think I've ever seen, especially being a couple of decades later. So, it's a, it's amazing what Tom good.
1: what Tom Cruise can do, isn't it? He actually does all of his stunts, from what I understand.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. he's, he's uh, pretty impressive. He's worth uh, the money, I guess.
1: <laughs> I think I'd give it a miss trying to hang off the side of a plane myself to be to be honest with you. Now, do you, do you uh, are you a bit of a foodie? Do you do you enjoy going out for a nice meal? And if you do, what do you get into?
0: See, I'm not as much as I, I would eat pretty much just to stay alive. My fiance <laughs> um, is, a, is a chef. She likes cooking and baking and those kinds of things. So I've, I've become a lot more accustomed since uh, she's been
1: around, um, but, but n-
0: not naturally,
1: no. Ah, thank you very much for sharing. Absolutely loving this call. Now, when we grow up, you know, you've become a, a doctor, and you've you've obviously invested a large part of your life in the work that you're doing. What we're going to be talking about today. But when you were growing up, do you do you have anybody around you uh, who was influential for you?
0: Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, for sure, my my parents were. They they worked very hard. They were both um, uh, definitely probably lower middle class. A teacher and an architect. Um, I just grew up watching them work really hard, and wanted to kind of exemplify that and help other people.
1: Did it take? How long does it take to become a doctor of occupational therapy? Is that many years or?
0: Um, it's undergrad is normal, so roughly four years, and then three years three years of uh, grad school.
1: Did you find uh, along the way that you know you're wondering whether or not that was the right path for you, and how did you actually decide that this was the right path path for you?
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you always, I, especially me, because there's a lot of things I want to do. Um, yeah. So it's, it, it's always wondering whether or not you pick the right thing. But the, the reason I knew that this was the right profession for me is it's very, very flexible. There's lots of different things I can do uh, with it because we treat both the um, psychological aspect of the patient as well as the physical. Yep. Um, and I was kind of teetering for a long time between uh, being a psychologist or being a physical therapist, just due to my background with uh, mental health issues, and then obviously injuries from playing sports for so long.
1: Well, tell us a a good segue there, I think. Um, Tell us a little bit Mm -hmm. about your, uh, I guess your sports career because you were getting up there, weren't you? You were semi-professional and something went wrong.
0: Yeah, uh, so I played football through uh, American football through college and then uh, briefly afterward. And as a result, I tore both of my ACLs requiring four surgeries. Wow.
1: Now that's uh, you know, um, I can only imagine uh, how long that would have taken you to get back on the, on the bike, as it were. Does it, does it take a long time to recover from?
0: Yeah, I mean, so essentially, um, they, they say now, I mean, with, with our best data, it takes roughly a year to feel, quote unquote, how you did. But I would refute that um, heavily, just depending on which type of training uh, you go through following surgery.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, tell us a, li- a little bit, because there'd be a lot of people on the show sort of not sure what an ACL actually uh, is and what an ACL injury results in. Could you share us a little bit about the background about ACLs for us? Yep. So
0: the ACL is the anterior cruciate ligament. Um, it's one of the four main ligaments in your knee at X is essentially uh, the brakes when you're running forward and then stop. Um, yep. It prevents your fe- femur from moving forward over your tibia, which is your thigh bone over your shin bone.
1: Now, um, I've seen a few images, because obviously, I was intrigued by this topic. And I, and I saw some pretty, uh, pretty, uh, for lack of better ways to put it, gruesome sort of tears is how bad yeah. was yours?
0: So both of mine were non-contact injuries. So essentially, um, a lot of times people think you have to get hit uh, you know, particularly hard or something like that. Well, well both, uh, both occurrences uh, for me, I, I wasn't actually being touched. I played a uh, defensive line, yep. and I was getting around an offensive lineman doing kind of a swim move, I guess, uh, yep. you pivot with your belly button towards them and hit their hands away. Yep. Um, and both times I, I hadn't been touched, but my uh, front leg um, gave out in uh, tour, you know, unfortunately. So it's just kind of how it works out sometimes. I do guess. you
1: miss? Do you miss playing?
0: uh, uh very much, especially uh, this this time of year. I, I had a hard <laughs> time uh, watching football for the longest time, just because it was very painful having to, you know, kind of being forced to step away.
1: Yeah, be be in the audience rather than the the center, I can understand that's for sure and certain. Now, I know that uh, you've gone on to uh, create your own uh, business around what you're doing. I'd love to just briefly if we could pivot on to entrepreneurialism, we'll we'll pivot back into ACLs Mm -hmm. in a moment. Now, tell us a little bit about your your um, experience with uh, being an entrepreneur and what it's done for your life.
0: Yeah, so essentially, uh, and again, I've always been very Unsure of what I've wanted to do, um, you know, as as a as a career. Yep. Um, I, I knew in undergrad I loved writing, um, and I knew I wanted to help people from you know a physical or emotional standpoint. But I re- really wasn't sure where that would, you know, lead me. Um, but I, I, I was luck, lucky enough to use my love of writing to get into the clinical research industry, industry as far as uh, pharmaceuticals and the medical device industry, doing technical writing for companies submitting, um, you know, the, the regulatory documents to the, uh, like FDA, yep. or, you know, if it's a different country, it's a different agency, um, doing that, as well as technical writing for the crypto industry. And now, obviously, I do a lot of blogging, um, you know, and creating content targeted to my specific audience.
1: Do you find, I recall when I was at university doing papers that I had to have a level of academic rigor, do you find yourself, even when you're blogging, uh, applying that that level of academic rigor in terms of references and things like that?
0: Um, It kind of depends on the subject. So obviously, you're going to want to make sure you you understand the topic fully, but you also want to be able to reproduce it in a way that other people can readily digest it. Otherwise, I mean, you're essentially just talking to yourself, in a number of other other people who have the same exact background as you, which is out of academia. You know, uh, yeah, f- yeah. so that's very few. And that's not definitely the, the only people I want to talk to again, nothing wrong with those people. No, but, of course not. Um, yeah, I, I want to speak to, you know, as, as broad of audience as possible.
1: So. so if we go back and you know, coming back to this uh, entrepreneurial experience of your of yours, I remember, you know, my first one was washing cars. Do you remember yours?
0: I I did start mowing lawns when I was (laughs) awfully young. I I don't know how old I was, uh, but I I definitely really enjoyed that. Um, You know, just the aspect of. Um, I, I, I'm a very visual person, too. So I liked kind of the, you know, instant gratification of, yep. um, you know, f- fixing the lawn as well. Um, but yeah, that, that was probably my first instance. And I was, I would imagine I was in elementary school. So.
1: And And all the pieces of this conversation will come together um, by the end of it. Now, part of this, um, you know, starting your own business as a result of your life's experience, essentially, and all the study that you've done, you've had to take a chance, you know, you've had to take this consider risk um, in in starting up your venture. How was Mm -hmm. it? How risky was it for you? Were you nervous about doing it? Was it just a a calling for you? How did you feel about it when you decided to do it?
0: Um, Well, it's it's definitely a calling. And I would urge anyone if if you're trying to pursue, you know, an entrepreneurial journey, um, Mm. you just don't jump, you don't jump off the boat unless it's at the dock. Uh, Uh. Meaning essentially, you're, you're having to keep a nine to five essentially. Until that, you know, passion is providing enough money for you to step off the dock and onto the boat, Um, you know, if you can continue with that Mm -hmm. metaphor. So I wouldn't urge anyone, obviously, to just jump before you know it's going to make any money because you want it to be sustainable. You don't want your dream to turn into a nightmare.
1: So. and that's very relevant for our audience because there's a lot of people here that are living a dual life they're doing that uh, mm-hmm. uh nine yeah. to five grind for lack of lack of a better way to put it and then they're they're switching over to this this passion project uh in the in the yep. evenings how much time did you find that you had to put into this uh, early on
0: um quite a while so my, mine's my story is a little bit different from the standpoint of actually my book um evolved from my own therapy yep. um so, so I had to journal for my therapy because that's my outlet of choice. So I, I started writing about uh, situations I was in, um, you know, from a freshman in high school to after my second ACL injury when I was 25 or so, just uh, when um, acceptance and commitment therapy would have benefited me and just my, my whole life, not just me as an athlete. So it, it kind of th- those were the stories essentially of my book. And then I just had to do the legwork of gathering the resources and things of that nature because I wanted to make sure if I'm uh, putting something out there that it has the uh, research behind it as well.
1: I, I often think about the stages. I actually um, went through a pretty significant injury myself, lost a thumb, put a three-inch nail through my spine. So I knew full well oh. that I went through all of these phases. I can't remember what it was, you know, the denial acceptance, uh, bargaining and all these types of things. How was that for you when you, when you found out, you, you know, realized that you couldn't play you, the sport that you loved?
0: What really hit me the most is um, the self-identity. Uh, yep, piece. Yep. I I, w- I was a football player for so long. Um, I mean, I obviously did, um, you know, reasonably well in school, um, but, I, but I identified heavily as a football player and an athlete. Yep. So when, you know, I, I woke up that next day or even as I went to bed, you know, um, the night before, I, I knew, you know, I, I was never going to be the same and I didn't really know who I was because a lot of times, uh, you know, as an athlete, we're using our sport as our coping mechanism. If that goes away, we're obviously left to our own devices. And usually those devices aren't the uh, healthiest, for sure.
1: And I have to, again, I can only talk from my own experience. And I remember uh, exactly, exactly like you were saying, having to re- basically reinvent who I was. Mm-hmm. Now, tell us a little bit about. I guess, the pieces of the puzzle as the days went by after the injuries occurred and how you decided, you know, one day after the other that I'm now building or rebuilding my life.
0: Yeah, so, um, you know, unfortunately, I'm definitely not the quickest learner. My fiancé and everyone in my life will tell you that. So I usually have to screw up pretty bad until I learn my (laughs) lesson. So um, this, this journey didn't really start until after I... Um, tore my second ACL, um, yeah. and then I started to make really poor decisions. Just throughout my life, I was abusing substances, and I started dating who I would find out would be a um, very severe alcoholic, which um, you know led to me um, having to go through a lot of emotional abuse, kind of culminating in me being suicidal for a time. Um, so obviously, that 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 is actually what brought me to going to therapy, um, and then. That's actually when I was the most frustrated because I knew I, was, I needed to go to therapy to get my life back on track, but yep. um, I wasn't seeing any progress, which was very, very frustrating. Um, so I, I'm the kind of person, if I don't know something or if something's not working, I'll scour the internet and I found uh, psychological flexibility or acceptance and commitment therapy or ACT.
1: Now tell me a little bit about um mindset as a as I guess a base um requirement in each of our days. When you wake up, do you have a routine? Do you do you mm-hmm. find some days that you're off and what do you do to get yourself back into a, a quote unquote a positive mindset to to have a better day?
0: Yeah, so instead of focusing on uh positive positivity or negativity, essentially I just focus on living in the moment. Um and one way I do that is Um, I I get up every day uh, around 6.30. Um, I I either, A, uh, go immediately to work out or, B, take a cold shower um, to wake up and really live, uh, you know, in the moment. It's kind of symbolic for me because um, one of the hardest things um, for me is being able to cope with the persistent negative uh, thoughts that I had. And being able to live and sit with those painful thoughts was really kind of the first step um, in my journey. And and one small tool I found that is uh, taking a cold shower and being able to overcome, obviously, the discomfort of the cold shower is kind of like a, a tool, essentially, that can be used in other situations. Like if I feel like I have a panic attack coming or something like that, just being able to sit with those uncomfortable feelings is Um, and you know, truly be in the moment has been a very, very valuable tool for me.
1: There's something more to just a cold snap of water something does something psychologically, something does something to the brain, doesn't it reset something? Is that right?
0: Yeah, uh, there's a lot of studies on, um, you know, different uh, hormones or neurotransmitters that are kind of released as a result. Um, Obviously, I can't speak to that exactly because it's kind of still ongoing. But Mm -hmm. um, there's definitely been shown to be a positive correlation anyways between um, cold water therapy and uh, mental health. And obviously, there's physical uh, benefits as well
1: i know a lot of people are getting a lot of benefit out of this and by the end of the call they're certainly going to be excited to make contact with you now i'd like to think my one superpower is podcasting i'm wondering what's yours do you think
0: i I would say i always have um an idea which is a gift and a curse um Mm -hmm. it's it's why i'm always writing stuff down um it, it it enables me to kind of capture and formulate ideas quickly whether or not it's a good idea i always have to put it through those filters but that's kind of something I've always been able to do and kind of always have a backup plan if something doesn't, uh, you know, inevitably go my way.
1: I always think about, you know, our days as they drip by and they just consistently go by and we can't do anything about it. And I think to myself, well, what makes life worthwhile for you? What, what's the thing that you love doing that you feel like at the end of days, you can go, you know what, I've done it right. What's, what's the one thing do you think?
0: Uh, The things that, Really have meant a lot to me. It's actually just as um, rewarding as playing the sport ever was, was talking with athletes that um, feel alone. Uh, They're struggling psychologically with their physical injuries um, and helping them walk through those challenges so that they're able to, you know, not end up in a place where I was
1: Is this uh, to do with joint health? Is that specifically what you hone in on when you have these conversations? I guess the not not the recovery sort of phase, you're in the preventative phase, I would think?
0: Well, uh, generally, the people who I speak to um, are are, are feeling alone, Um, they've, you know, lost their self identity, their self esteem, Mm. Um, they're struggling with confidence, those kinds of things. Uh, It's generally someone who has hurt their ACL or Achilles or even Tommy John surgery. Yeah, um, and they just need someone on the psychological side of things who's, um, you know, had an injury like this, or mm-hmm. you know, obviously, no, no one's uh, experience is the same. But if someone's coming from the same place, then it, it um, you know, is it's a lot easier to build rapport with your clients that way.
1: I'm really interested in this conversation about the psychology of injury because it it seems to me like a rabbit hole that could go very deep. Now on the surface level, could you just, I guess, expand on that? And what types of things you've just touched on one, but do you find yourself going, you know, into pre-game mindset? And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know that's post um, injury, or, you know, because uh, if you had the wrong mindset, presumably, you might expose yourself to an injury on the field, would that be fair?
0: Yeah, certainly. And uh, the hardest part um, of having a target audience of athletes within the mental health uh, sector, I I guess is obviously many athletes don't look super favorably upon, you know, mental health therapy and those kinds of things. And and Mm. that's one thing I I went into this project knowing that's why I'm packaging it is if you get better at this, you're not only going to recover, you know, um, more efficiently and more effectively, but you're going to be a better athlete person. And, you know, um, just overall. I'll overall be better uh, equipped to handle whatever life throws your way
1: you've obviously worked with some people that have been in somewhat of a dark space and you've had to um, bring him I guess back into that that the light for lack of a better ways to put it tell me how it feels for you when you see somebody go from that through that transformation and you know they're playing better sports they're looking great they're they're fit and healthy how does that make you feel
0: Uh, It's the best feeling in the world. Like I said, it's, um, it's more rewarding than sports uh, ever was. Uh, You know, I and I love sports. So I mean, I I couldn't, um, I couldn't be more thankful for my time while I was able to play but this is um, even better than I ever could have imagined, honestly.
1: So, it's funny. Uh, we often plan our lives and then something like this happens, an event happens, we suffer an injury, and then it goes down another tangent altogether. And the, the rewards from that you could never have planned for, could you?
0: Uh, certainly. Um, I. You know, ever since that day, um, I, I definitely, you know, will never forget it. I, I, I never thought that I would feel as uh, passionate or, you know, that, that spark again. But vibrant. That I,
1: so there's obviously ACL injuries, and then there's ACL injuries, yeah. what are your most common that you that you see? And, and what are the impacts of those common ones?
0: So it's, it's very common, uh, an ACL tear, um, I, I don't personally deal with a lot of ACL sprains, because they don't take as long to heal. Yeah. Um, but that that's essentially the main thing that I deal with. It's the most commonly injured knee ligament. And it takes um, much longer than any other Uh, knee ligament injury to heal is when you cross examine that obviously with its likelihood and its duration, it's, it's the worst injury uh, to have.
1: Now, Keegan, you would have obviously worked out a a process that uh, you take clients through when they work with you. Do you recommend that they talk with you frequently? And what's the sort of frequency that uh, you might engage with clients on an as needs basis once a week or?
0: Uh, generally, I mean, it's once a week's pretty standard, but Mm. I also want it to be conducive to the other individual's schedule. Um, there's, you know, uh, some people I speak to multiple times a week, some people it's every other week. So, I mean, I'm very flexible, the, you know, uh, working in psychological flexibility, I have to be, you know, practice what I preach frequently. So
1: it just occurred to me. I wonder if, if somebody experiences an ACL injury to the degree that you had and actually, um, Made them, you know, hit that tangential direction in their career. Um, do you work with people that have experienced that sort of transformational injury, and they have to go down a different path as well?
0: Essentially, eighty percent of the people I talk to are trying to return to sport, but the other twenty percent are actually um, transitioning to quote-unquote real life mm. um, and helping dig dig deeper and find that passion for, you know, another aspect or endeavor like I did.
1: Yeah, absolutely, I can imagine. Thank you so very much for sharing. I know there's gonna be a lot of people on this call who are absolutely loving it. Now, um, just tell us a little bit about um, your your joints now, your ACL now, and, and, and for anybody who's listening, are mm-hmm. there some daily routines that they can go through to, to um, take away from this call today that um, could um, help them maintain their joints?
0: Yeah, certainly. It, it's gonna be kind of counter to what they've normally heard. Um, Uh, You know, unfortunately, now, nowadays, uh, any kind of physical training, whether you're you've been injured or not, they focus on not putting any stress on your joints, which is great. Um, But the joints are kind of like the, you know, you use it or you lose it kind of thing. And obviously, you wouldn't you wouldn't um, have a goal to have the biggest or strongest biceps in the world and never stress it. So I, I kind of use the same approach with my joints. Everything yep. I do in the gym is targeted towards each joint. Yep. Um, and it, it's at an incremental um, speed, obviously. It's very, um, very slow, very methodical. But I'm working on stressing the joints more and more each each week so that I can endure, you know, whatever I want to. For example, I, I love snowboarding. I never mm-hmm. thought I'd be able to go again. And then last year I, I was able to and I had no issues. So Yeah, fantastic.
1: Um, That's great to hear. Yeah, so, yeah. um, before you talked about your weapon of choice being to write now, is there still power in the pen or do you prefer to type? Ah, uh,
0: that's, that's a great question. So I am actually experimenting right now with writing. I have a remarkable, I don't know if you've ever heard yes, of those. yes. So, yep. um, but I'm actually writing a few things that way and it's actually more organic. Um, I, I do love typing just for speed and those kinds of things, but it's really mm-hmm. hard to beat the, the feel of writing, even though if it isn't, you know, actually pen and paper, it's kind of this new world, uh, pen and paper, but I I, I very much enjoy in, enjoying the process.
1: So. Yeah, thank you for sharing. This is a great call. I'm, I'm wondering, you know, when we read books, we, uh, some of us love the audiobook formats. And as yeah. an author yourself, what do you prefer? Do you prefer an audiobook or uh, that tactile feel of a, of a hardback?
0: Yeah, that's, that's another great question. Um, so I, I absolutely love physical books. The only issue is, when I am able to read, it's usually late at night, right before bed. And I, no- <laughs> yep. I noticed, I noticed I could only get like five pages at a time and then I fall asleep. So now, <laughs> <You too. laughs> now yeah, now I uh, listen to books uh, as I'm working out or uh, something like that. And I can actually, you know, get, get a lot more accomplished that way. So, cause I, I already re- l- l- listen to podcasts frequently. So I just kind of sub that in for audio books.
1: Yeah, fantastic, and uh, this is certainly going to be another great uh, podcast episode on the My Future Business Show. Now, I've been looking through your blog, and you have some really interesting articles. But one that particularly caught my attention was the, psycho- uh, the tell us about the psychology behind getting a tattoo, e.g., a semicolon tattoo to manage anxiety. That really struck me as quite interesting.
0: Yeah, a, a lot of people want a kind of a memory, I guess, of something they've gone through. Um, mm-hmm. um, and if you, if you find something that's very meaningful to you and can, um, you know, represent the journey you've been on, I, I think that's a good way to go. Obviously, if they're open to tattoos, um, that's always a good caveat there, but I, I think <laughs> it's a good, um, a good outlet and a good reminder for what you've been through.
1: I just want to swing back to books for a moment. Do you like, uh, fiction, nonfiction, you know, do you have a preference?
0: I Hadn't read a novel in a couple of years uh, in 2022, but I'm on kind of a, um, a novel binge. I, a I just binge? finished it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm in the middle of that. I just finished A Tale of Two Cities and I haven't quite decided, uh, decided what to read next.
1: Yeah, great. loving. So tell us a little bit about the importance of diet and exercise does, you know, does you know, these high energy drinks full of sugar, um, tick the bill for you? Or is it straight uh, H2O when you're trying to recover or maintain joint health?
0: Um, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty big uh, water guy. I'm, yep. I'm always carrying around my water bottle. I love ice, you know, ice water. I, I don't know why it's always kind of been my um, thing. thing, I guess. Yeah, great. Love
1: it. Now I know uh, your book uh, torn uh, called torn is overcoming the psychological challenges uh, post ACL injury. Now how long did this take for you to write? And was it natural uh, for you?
0: Yeah, like like I said, it was the most natural thing I've probably uh, ever done. Um, yeah, when, when I knew I wanted to write a book, it probably took me um, probably six weeks to compile it. Um, so the, hard, the hardest part was getting the right research to, you know, convey the message I wanted to, I already had my stories due to my journaling. Um, so it was, it was a very natural process for me.
1: Did it, did it actually help you heal? Did it release any f- pent up feelings that you, you know, or unlock those um, uh, issues you'd not dealt with as you finished a chapter? Did it do any of that?
0: So the one thing that, uh, it really did for me is there's six different skills associated with acceptance and commitment therapy. And mm-hmm. one is, one is self as a context. And essentially, um, I'll give like the 10,000 foot overview is uh, e- each of us have uh, two versions of ourselves each day, um, you know, as we, as we go through our day. And one is uh, essentially the persona or the mask that we're wearing. It's- yep you know, what we want to portray into the world. And the other one is our true self. So in order for me to, um, you know, walk the path, I'm, I was talking about my book. Um, I I had to put my book out there because it's definitely not the, uh, sexiest topic, I guess, because it's, you know, it's about a guy going through, uh, emotional struggles, um, you know, and, and emotional abuse and all those kinds of things. And it's not exactly what you would picture a, uh, football player talking about so it definitely tested me and it made me um you know belly up and do what i say so
1: you know you have to uh, i guess put yourself out there and be a little bit vulnerable don't you
0: yeah certainly it's like, like i said it's definitely not the um you know you can't heal without being completely honest and this was me being completely honest
1: How'd you know when it was finished? Did you know that, Hey, look, I've just finished the last chapter or did you find yourself wanting to continue writing?
0: I I had to be very strategic because it, it's not necessarily a how to book. It's a, it's more of an introduction because each individual is different. So I I wanted to do a kind of a how to use psychological flexibility post um, physical injury. But since each individual is coming from a different place with, you know, different places with different strengths and weaknesses, I couldn't do that. So essentially, I I had a very structured um, outline for what Mm -hmm. I wanted the book to look like. So I knew it when it when it was the end, but it it just uh, was frustrating for me because I I had so much planning beforehand to figure out, you know, how could I make this potentially a how to book and I, I just couldn't figure out a way to do it. So
1: it seems to me, given that you've touched on it being somewhat of an introduction, do you have any plans to write another book to follow it up?
0: Yeah, I I, I believe so. I'm in the midst of a lot of research with some other um, clinicians that are in the um, psychology of sports injury space, and we're figuring out a way to distill it down in order to reproduce a framework to provide to uh, athletic trainers High, you know, high school coaches and a lot of those individuals who are with the athletes you know, each day, um, because obviously the physical therapists um, generally only see athletes three times a week. These coaches or athletic trainers are with the players daily. So getting these skills in their hands would be very important. So.
1: You're certainly not short of an audience, that's for sure and certain. Now tell us a little bit about um, your diffusions guide and other things that somebody might uh, find on your website.
0: Yep. So the Diffusion Guide, uh, Diffusion is another one of the six skills that I mentioned. Um, Diffusion is essentially the ability to go from, um, as far as a thought process, from going from I am sad to I'm having thoughts and feelings that I'm sad. And it it gives you that space to evaluate um, your thoughts that obviously you can't control and determine whether or not they're going to, put you on a path towards your values. And obviously if they're not, you can just uh, let them go. And essentially that guide is um, just an introduction and it's your first little exercise to get you on that path. That was my first little step out of, um, you know, the darkest place I
1: was. And in terms of the book, um, where can we buy Torn?
0: It is, if you go to my website, there's a book tab um, or you can go to Amazon. It's definitely readily available there.
1: Excellent. I've absolutely enjoyed this call thoroughly. Now, uh, for everybody who is listening to us today to find out more about ACL um, injuries and and the management thereof, um, the psychology behind it, um, visit keeganhadley.com. I won't spell that out right now. I will certainly make sure it's available to you uh, below this post. No matter where you find it, you're going to find the link back to keeganhadley.com. And with that, uh, Dr. Hadley, thank you so very much for joining me on the My Future Business Show today.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends, and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.